Welcome to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Podcast with your hosts, Tom Swiddle, Tom Yashinsky, and Paul Navinsky. Now let's join the guys. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Podcast. I'm Tom Swiddle, head football coach at Wauwatosa East and past president of the WFCA. I am joined by my co-host, Tom Yashinsky, head coach at Onalaska and Northern Vice President of the WFCA, and Paul Novinsky, former coach at Mosinee and a WFCA Hall of Famer. Gentlemen, here we are again. Paul, how are things going? There, well, there's no snow here, Tom, which is a definite good sign. Uh, full bloom fishing season, um, you know, outdoor activities, got the motorcycle out and I'm really excited, obviously, to watch you people start contact days. Boy, that's not too far off in no, the future, is it? Boy, you're going to miss that, Paul. I know no, that. No. I'm, I'm going to probably come and watch people. There you go. And, Tom, I'm sure you're really busy. End of the school year, chasing your kids around. It's probably nonstop for you. Yeah, we had scholarship night last night. We got seven days of school left, so we're, uh, we're almost there. We're, we're getting towards the end. And we got a short it. summer. We got a short summer this year. We're starting August, like August 21st, because we got a building project next year. So we're getting done early. So they got a long summer to build next year. So we got a quick turnaround this summer. Boy, you sure do. Wow. And, you know, the last time we talked to you, Tom, you were saying that you didn't know how much time you had left. And now you got it, the exact number of days. So I, I know the final countdown is going for it. That's great. Hey, gentlemen, I want to ask you guys a general question. Have you ever had something that you wanted for your program that you knew would benefit your players but didn't have the funds to get it? Paul? Yeah, that's – you want to talk about what I think has really been a strain on coaches is having to fundraise for stuff that you really need. And I'm talking about, like, top-of-the-line helmets – top of line shoulder pads, even the cost of footballs and to run a program and then even provide possibly, you know, some of those other personalized things that just set your program up. But really the safety issues have been really big because we all know school budgets have just disappeared. And it is, it is a really tough job as a football coach. And I've been out for seven years to try to equip everybody and get everybody and just make your program what you think is safe and solid. Yeah. Tom, how about you? Yeah, I will tell you that I am in a pretty good spot. I, I am lucky to be in a district that does a great job of taking care of us with our budget and with our fundraising. Um, but I have a lot of friends who are not in the same spot and that I, I know the struggles that they go through sometimes to get different things and, and, um, uh, just just a, the normal football stuff that you need like sleds and 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 dummies and things like that so i while i'm very lucky where i am uh i i understand the struggle from those i've talked to well tonight gentlemen we're going to talk about one of the I, I would say one of the most important and beneficial things the wfca does and that is the wfca grant the grant is is designed to help uh, schools get some of the things that that you guys have have already mentioned, and um, you know we're going to discover a lot of things about the grant tonight. But with us is Ben Chasik. Ben Chasik is the 
uh, head football coach at New Berlin West, and he's also a WFCA region rep. And recently, Ben's program received a WFCA grant. Ben, thank you for joining us. It's great to be here. Uh, thanks for the invitation. Uh, enjoy listening to you guys and uh, happy to be a part of it. Really excited to talk tonight. Well, we're, we're excited to have you a part of our discussion. Um, you know, not only are you going to answer some questions, but you may have some questions of your own that you may ask uh, somewhat, you know, at sometime tonight. So, you know, we're going to let this discussion of the WFCA take us wherever it takes us. That sounds great. Looking forward to it. Paul? Yeah, I, I, I'm excited about it because I, I just want people to understand what a great thing this is. It is another great thing the WFCA does that I don't think people really fully understand. Um, and I'm excited to see how Ben, ben has applied it to his program or is going to apply it to his program because it, it's going to give me a whole new insight into it. When I left, it was really a struggle to get anything that was considered a plus to enhance your program. Like I said, we struggle just buying top of the line helmets, shoulder pads, things like that. Tom? Yeah, I know that uh, the grant, is, it's fairly new. Um, how did it start, Tom? I know you kind of got some background knowledge on how this whole thing got started. Uh, where where did the money come from? How did we how did we get to a spot right now where we're able to, to pass out these grants? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting story. Uh, Dan Brunner, John Hulk, and myself, we, we meet with our accountants every year, uh, usually in June, sometimes in July. But we go over the complete financial picture of the WFCA. And in 2018, the three of us went and we met with uh, our, our new accounting firm. Uh, we had been using Madison Bookkeeping for a long, long time, and we, we switched over to KMA. Anyway, so we're meeting with KMA. and. Um, we're going through the financials and the, the accountant says to us, you know, you guys got quite a bit of money here. You, you've got a sizable chunk and rather than just having it sit in this account, you guys might want to do something with that. So after the meeting, uh, John and, and Dan and myself, we were just kind of talking. We we're trying to kill some time because we were going to go to the hall of fame meeting next. And, um, so we're just kind of killing time, like, okay, you know, what did you think about that? You know, that we've got this money, how could we use that? And just through our discussion, we decided, you know, the best use of that money would to be given back to the football programs in the state of Wisconsin. Now, you ask where the money came from. The money came from um, these old raffles that Dick Rundle used to do. I know Paul remembers those. Uh, Tom and Ben may be too young to uh, to remember these these raffles, but Dick used to do these raffles and 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 raise money for the WFCA through these raffles, and um, the money that that he was raising through these raffles, he wanted to use to actually build a Hall of Fame. So his idea was we're going to raise money um, through these raffles. He did it for a number of years. And um, the money that we get through these raffles will be used to actually build a Hall of Fame. Well, in the meantime, we were able to get our Hall of Fame both at Camp Randall and at um, Lambeau Field. So there was no needs, but we still had all this money that Dick Rundle had raised. Paul, you remember those raffles? 
Yeah, very much so. And I also remember that there was a fundraising component for the football teams. You could, if you sold so many raffle tickets, you would get a slight percentage of what was being sold. And it was a great fundraiser. We participated many times. I think at one point, weren't they giving a car away? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that you could was like a, a big prize. It was. I mean, somebody had a car dealership that was giving us a deal. But I remember I was a district rep in the 90s. And I remember that talk about the potential Hall of Fame and what was going on with this money. And, you know, that was a, that was a great thing. Yeah. And really, only Dick Rundle would have that kind of vision. Right. I mean, he's the only guy that would think, hey, let's go build a Hall of Fame for the WFCA. So anyway, we had this, you know, sizable chunk of, of money that's sitting in an account. KMA, our accountants say, hey, why don't you guys use this money, not just have it sit in this account? So we discussed, decided that, you know, how can we give money back? And, um, you know, all the years that I was involved with with guidance in, in Wauwatosa, I had been involved in, um, you know, doing a number of grants. So um, I suggested that we set up a grant program. And I actually sat down and met with uh, somebody that I worked with for a number of years who was, um, you know, very on top of grants. And, and so she helped me craft the wording of a grant. I brought it back to uh, Dan and John, and they thought it was a pretty good idea. And really, that's, that's how the, the grant was born. Paul? Um, did you have, when you designed the grant, Obviously, you're not buying essential equipment. Was that one of the things you didn't want to use this for? It was just to enhance your program, or did that evolve? Well, no, from the very start, we wanted to have some, uh, I don't want to call it restrictions, but some very set points that the grant could be used for. And, um, you know, we all know that, you know, there's programs that are haves and there's programs that are have-nots. And, um, we were part in particular looking at schools, programs that didn't have the kind of budgets that other schools had, but we did not want to, to use the grant money for what we termed essential football equipment. So we, we didn't want it to help schools buy helmets or shoulder pads. We just feel like, you know, coaches' salaries, we just feel like the necessities of a program is the responsibility of the school and the school district. So um, we wanted to go in a different direction. And, you know, what was happening back in 2018, right? All the, the concussion worries and health and safety, and you saw numbers starting to take a hit, you know? So it was just something that was, you know, out there about football. And so we decided, you know, what could we do with this grant to help schools think about the health and safety of their players. So we decided at that point in time that we would use the grant for that. You know, it's built in for the health and safety of the players, along with looking at those schools whose budgets aren't comparable, comparable, excuse me, to, you know, other budgets that are around the state. So we kind of used the $3,000 um, area for, for a budget as being like, you know, schools that have less than $3,000 in their budget would be schools that we would really like the, the grant to be for. Mike, this question's more for Ben and Tom, you might be able to answer it. Um, how do you go about 
filling out the grant? Where do you get the information? You know, how do you do it? That's a great question. You know, one of the things I appreciated about the process is the WFCA uh, has made it really user-friendly. Um, they put together a form that's sent out to basically everybody that's on their distribution list, and it takes you to their um, application page. Um, I took the time to be very specific in finding out exactly what product I would like so that I could be very specific in my grant uh, application. Um, I think the whole thing, other than maybe the research on the uh, the pads that we're going to be getting, um, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, um, you know, I think the actual form itself took me 10 to 15 minutes. Um, but they took into account, you know, uh, what you do have at your particular school. And uh, as uh, Tom Yashansky was talking about, you know, I think in New Berlin, we have some good things that are in place, but we certainly are not in a spot where we just have a blank check like there are in some other places, it feels like sometimes. Um, and so, you know, I filled out that form. I tried to be very forthcoming in what specifically we felt could improve the player safety at our school um, and what I felt, how I felt it could help us and then give some um, exact pricing of, of what specifically we wanted uh, to, to purchase. And the other thing that I always have tried to do um, was to demonstrate that New Berlin was also um, our own personal boosters were, were going to make a commitment to this. And so I included an explanation of, of how this was going to kind of be a split cost on our purchase uh, for shipping and different things with the WFCA, um, because, you know, I feel like we all need to be invested in some way and our boosters needed to understand, hey, we have the chance to get this great amount of, of money from the coaches association. You know, the least that we can do is, is contribute to that because um, they've got this great program. We can put a little bit into this as well. Tom. Yeah. Has there been any talk, uh, Tom Swiddle, you would know this probably the most with maybe our vendors in saying that uh, if, you know, maybe they're going to give a little bit of a discount if the grant money goes towards something that, that we're getting from them in terms of uh, just being a partnership with using the grant towards also supporting the vendors and our sponsors of our association. Well, certainly we want um, our coaches to, to, um, you know, use our sponsors. Without our sponsors, there's a lot of things we wouldn't be doing, um, you know, through the WFCA and also our vendors who spend good money to get a booth at the clinic. But we haven't gotten into any kind of partnerships in regards to um, special deals or um, working with a specific vendor necessarily. What I have found is, you know, also being on the grant committee along with Matt Bensfield and Don Kenzior and Steve Liga, what I have found is that school districts are very much tied in sometimes to very specific people they can buy from. And, um, you know, just an example, um, last year on the other side of, of New Berlin, Eisenhower got a grant and they wanted to use it for something. And I contacted Matt Kern and I say, Matt, I know you can get this for cheaper than what you itemized on your application. And he informed me that New Berlin has um, somebody that they do work for or do, I should say, work with in regards to purchasing things that they, they couldn't buy it from anybody else. 
So there are, you know, things like that that are out there. Um, you know, one of the things that that many schools um, listed on their application this year was guardian caps. And, um, you know, you're asked to itemize your your purchase item or items, whatever they are. And um, I couldn't believe the varying costs of, of the um, guardian caps that the schools listed. Some of them were, you know, 10 or $12 more than what other people were listing, you know. So um, it's sort of buyer beware. You you find your own deal based on whatever your school asks you to do. But, um, you know, the fact that, you know, we would want to push it all towards one person, um, you know, we haven't done that yet. Paul, I think you had a question. Yeah, um, you, you're seeing a lot of schools going into this sponsorship deal where they they make a deal with a company, that company provides so many things, they gotta buy everything from that company. Um, ben, you explained the, the process. The deadline is when? The, it was early May. I believe it was about the 4th or the 5th of May that we had to have that submitted um, and completed for the WFCA. Yeah, follow up. Um, so Tom was saying you have to itemize things. So you need quotes. From from companies, you got you've got to do some legwork on this. And in the application, besides the legwork, you must have to have a justification for why you need this. Yeah, um, one of the main features is to explain why you need it, um, how your budget, what your budget is, and how what the restrictions are. And in our case, we were looking for for tackling mats um, as. Uh, Tom uh, Swiddle mentioned earlier. There's all these changes if you look at a practice tackling today versus 10 years ago um, during a, an average day, it, it's nowhere near what it was um, in the past. And so we've really spent a lot of time uh, upgrading it. So we went with those tackling mats this year. And the last addition for us was to to get some lower level ones so we could do some things closer to the ground. And uh, I had to or I did go out and get several uh, quotes from vendors and then forward that information along and make sure that I had my ducks in a row, uh, as Tom mentioned, you know, with the vendors that we could use and and have that all ready um, so that if we were lucky enough to get one, you know, we didn't have to go back and say, oh, sorry, we can't use the money now because I didn't have a good process. You know, to answer your question directly, Paul, the application, when's it doing that sort of thing? You know, we, we use the the clinic to really advertise um, the grant. So we, we put something in all the clinic folders. We, we talk about the grant and the announcements before every speaker. And then we even make a presentation every year uh, on the grant at the WFCA business meeting. So the application um, is starts after the clinic. And this year, I think it officially went to May 2nd, whatever that Monday was. Um, maybe it was May 1st this year. Um, and, you know, so you have approximately um, around four weeks in which to get an application in. And then um, it takes us about three weeks to go through all the applications. So um, we wanted to get that out to them. I think we said um, May 22nd was when we were going to let schools know their status with the grant. Ben, you had your yeah, you know, the other thing I wanted to add to that is, um, yes, there was some legwork, Paul, for us to do as coaches, but I really feel like the WFCA 
has made it extremely user friendly. I don't think people, when people think of applying for grants, you know, a lot of people think of humongous processes. And certainly there were things that needed to be prepared and ready and researched. Um, but I thought they did a really nice job of keeping it, you know, uh, doing it in such a way that uh, it was manageable for coaches to, hey, these are my needs. This is why, this is what I want to use it for. This is the money that we think would be applicable to that, um, you know, and, and get it in in a timely way. Paul? Yeah. So only head coaches of high school programs can do it. This is not for the youth and it's not for assistant coaches to do. This is a head coaches process, correct? Right. And, and added to that, the head coach has to be a member of the WFCA. You know, we learned some things after the first year, we kind of rolled this thing out. We didn't know, you know, how it was going to go or, or anything like that. And, and we learned some things. One of the things we learned was, um, we weren't specific about who could fill out the grant. And um, we had a, a situation where we had ADs that had filled out. Now, in some cases, the schools hadn't hired a football coach yet, and they were in the process of doing that. So that first year, we let some ADs actually fill it out um, in lieu of not having a coach. Well, and then some ADs at other schools did that, and we actually had some situations, I think there was two or three perhaps, where we actually got two applications from schools. The AD filled one out and the football coach filled it out. So, you know, when you, and they were asking for different things. So we, we evaluated after the first year, and we just said, look, you know, it's going to be the head coach only, and the coach has to be a part of the WFCA. And we do check that. So, I mean, one of the steps in the process is we do check to be sure that the head coach is a member. And we have had some schools not qualify for the grant because their coach was not a member of the WFCA. So, again, it's, you know, it's kind of a work in progress. We tried to improve it. First year we did it via filling out an application and mailing it to me. You can imagine what that was like. And we just decided, you know what, we better go to an online application. And luckily, Matt Bensfield, who's pretty good at that stuff, um, came up with a form, a Google form that, is, as Ben has mentioned, is very easy to fill out. And, um, you know, we kind of reworked the, the application to ask for the very specific information that we felt that we need that we didn't really ask for that, that first year. Paul? Yeah, this is for both Tom and Ben, both of you. Can you give our listeners a little idea of what have been some of the things that coaches have asked for? You know, Ben actually talked about tackling mats. What is the range of things that are kind of out there that people are getting that you're giving the grants for? Well, let's start by, you know, again, mentioning the things that aren't eligible. So even though we've we put in the application, you know, what what it's not intended for. We had coaches this year who were asking for helmets and shoulder pads, you know, and, um, you know, and other things that we listed that it's not intended for. So, I mean, there's still coaches out there that don't read the fine print on these things. But to give you an idea of some of the things that have been over the last three years of the grant, we've had ice machines, guardian caps, Pro 3 Solutions, uh, we've bought sideline capes for teams that play way up north there, hey. Uh, um, AEDs, we've bought, I think, four AEDs through the years. 
uh, mobile hydration system, tackling dummies, tackle mats, sleds, chutes. So there's just so, and that's just to name a few of the things that that we have um, that schools, I should say, that qualify and have gotten a grant um, have used the money for. Add to that when when we specifically talked about applying for a grant, um, we specifically asked for safety items because I think that's something that you can also, as a head coach, go to your parents and your community and your school and say, you know, we're promoting the game of football. We want kids out for football. We're going to practice safely and we're going to get the best safety equipment we can for those kids. And uh, it's awesome to have a state association that's supportive of that, not only through what they suggest to do, but financially supporting schools uh, that can put that kind of stuff in place to protect the kids and, and keep this great game going with the high schools. Again, you know, the grant's been a product of the times. And, and we all know this as coaches, that the game of football was really under attack. And I think when we decided to do this grant, it just fit in well with, um, you know, the, what people were thinking about the game and how can we improve it and get more people out. Tom? What checks do you have in place to make sure that, um, one, that the right people are getting the grant, uh, and two, that it's not, you know, maybe frivolous spending, like something that's really uh, – maybe a little bit over the top or not needed necessarily. Well, again, if, you know, if, if the item or items that are listed itemized on the application, you know, do meet the player safety, injury, injury prevention, concussion protocol kind of things that we've laid out there. Um, you know, if something falls within that category, um, you know, it wouldn't be frivolous. Um, you know, one of the things that we do do is after a school receives a grant, they get a check for whatever the number is. And we haven't even talked about the money part of this. You can get up to $3,000. Um, a school can get up to $3,000 for the grant. But there are some schools that don't ask for 3000 They ask for less. But one of the things that we do ask the schools to do is, you know, once they've purchased their items and once they get them to send us a receipt or an invoice, something that shows that they actually got what they, they said they were going to order. You know, so if we gave somebody a check for $3,000 for, I don't know, guardian caps and, you know, we, we don't get a receipt back and, you know, we'd be very disappointed to be to find out that the money was used for something else. So we do have some checks and balances in there. But because of the information we seek on the application, it, it's pretty easy to to judge how, you know, this fits within the guidelines of the grant. Paul? So once everything, all the ducks are in a row, head coach has done all this, the application is submitted, it then goes, Tom, to the committee. Does the, committee, does the committee have a criteria or is the criteria – on the application that this one meets more of the criteria than that one? What's the process? Well, um, we review all applications. So every application that is sent to us, we review. And um, all of us look at the, the applications. And so it takes us a while to do that. Uh, one of the things I did this year, though, is I, I kind of divided up. We had 56 schools 
that requested um, a grant this year. So I, I kind of, you know, everybody reviewed all the applications, but then um, we divided it up into fourths. So we each had, I think, like 14 schools that we were sort of in charge with. And, you know, we reported back to the group. And, and Dan Brunner's a part of our discussion as well because he he is the money man. So, you know, Dan has has every right to be involved in the discussion of how we're going to do this. Um, and we all came back with our favorites. Um, again, if there was some item that didn't meet the needs of or uh, didn't meet the, the purpose of the grant, it was eliminated. Um, you're, you're only allowed to get a grant once every three years. So anybody that received a grant in 2019 or last year, 2022, and because we didn't have the grant in, in 2020 or 2021 because of COVID, we just, you know, we didn't have any events that was raising money. Um, they weren't eligible. So if you had received a grant already, you weren't eligible. And there were a few schools who applied this year and, again, didn't read the fine print of the application. And they had already received a grant. But the way we termed it, you know, the three years weren't up. This is the third year of the grant. So some schools were, and then of course, you know, being a WFCA member. So some schools are eliminated because of those things. And for me, I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody on the on the committee, but for me, what's important is looking at that budget. Again, as defined, you know, that, um, you know, preference, if you will, are given to schools that have a budget less than $3,000. And we ask how, the, you know, what kind of budget they have and, and, how much is available to them. And this is where, you know, you really get the feel of, I'll call it the disparity between programs in the state of Wisconsin. There are some programs that have no budget. Everything they buy comes through fundraising. Or you have some schools that have maybe a budget of $1,000 or a school might only be able to buy helmets every three or four years or something. I mean, there are some schools that are, you know, in terms of money are, are just you know, scraping by with their football program. And then there are schools that have what seems to be unlimited budgets. And I was surprised at the number of small schools that really had large budgets, you know, at, at their at their behest. So um, for me, a deciding factor then once all other criteria is, you know, meets the, the purpose of the grant, I really hone in on the budget item, you know, and you know, I, I guess, uh, you know, if they have a school that's got a, you know, 10000 or $12,000 budget to buy things is very different from a school who's buying something strictly through fundraising. So for me, that's sort of a deciding factor. And I kind of rank order my schools once I find out, you know, who are the ones that really qualify and and so on. Then for me, it, it, it boils down to really what their budget looks like. And the other thing that we want to do is we want to spread it around the state of Wisconsin. You know, we want schools of, of, of so different sizes and different parts of the state to be represented. Paul? So it's a three-year cycle. That three-year cycle is up. So somebody that got a grant, that if after three years, they could apply again, correct? Correct. So for next year, the, the uh, 26 schools that received a grant in 2019 will be eligible to apply for a grant next year. Their three years is up. And again, it's really five years, but two of the years we didn't have the grant due to COVID. This question is for Ben. Ben, 
going through the process, what recommendations or things to any head coach that is thinking about doing this? What would you suggest? Any any pointers you could give them? Uh, anything like that? And it would be um, to have a picture in your mind of what you want and to really do the research um, on finding a good product first and foremost, so that when you go to the application, um, you have the information that you need to be able to fill it out uh, because it, it really is easy if you've done that. I think the other thing uh, that I would uh, you know recommend is to really take a look at um, what also will your community really be excited about um, as you're doing this application process because if you're lucky enough to get one, um, it's something you want to promote to them. We had our sign-up meeting the other night and after making the announcement that we'd received this grant from the WFCA, you know, we get all this positive feedback from parents and family members and things like that for what we're doing. So I think not only understanding your individual needs, but understanding how you can also build more community support, because that might also get you some more money down the road to purchase these things that are necessary. Um, because as you guys all mentioned at the beginning, you know, budgets are uh, changing and uh, they're not changing always in a real positive way for us. And so um, getting the things that you need to run a program the way you'd like to, not only through the WFCA, but then building that community as well, I think is really important. You know, and, and to build on what, what uh, Ben just said, I mean, I think if you just look at the numbers, you know, the you know, what, what has happened over the three years of the grant, uh, I think the numbers speak for themselves. And, you know, the first year we had it, and, and the WFCA sets aside $50,000 yearly for this. So that's sort of the goal. We're going to give away $50,000. Well, the first year, we had 46 schools um, qualified for the grant. And Dan Brunner made a decision that year that all 26 years, or excuse me, 26 schools that qualified for the grant would receive one. So in, in um, 2019, 46 schools received $96,415 um, in grant money, which is an astounding number. Um, in 2022, 26 schools received the grant. And again, $50,000 was set aside, but $63,890 was actually handed out in uh, 2022. This year, out of the 56 schools that applied, 20 schools received the grant. So you're talking $53,974 was handed out this year. So if you want to take a look at the three-year total, you know, what has the grant done for programs in the state of Wisconsin? 92 schools have received the grant. That's almost 25% of all schools that play football in the state. And $214,000, um, over $214,000 has been handed out with the grant. And one of the things that, that Dan is most proud of is the fact, not only are we doing this, but is the fact that, you know, he's not aware, and if anybody would be aware of it, it would be Dan, he's not aware that there's any association in any state in the country that's doing a grant program like we are. So it's, again, one of the reasons why I wanted to have this grant on the podcast 
was to to give it some love because it is a unique program. It's a great program. It's benefited a number of schools in the state of Wisconsin. And it's something that we should really, you know, brag about a little bit as an association. Paul? Yeah, um, I, I, I'm amazed. How, Tom, financially, how long does the WFCA plan on doing this? Well, we would like to do it forever. And um, the amount of, we, we haven't even touched the principle of that money that was invested um, in, in, in Dick uh, Rundle's little, um, you know, account that was going towards the, uh, uh, the WFCA Hall of Fame building a, a, an actual building to house it. Um, we haven't even touched the principle of that yet. So we're hoping and if we can stay around that $50,000 a year, and obviously the first two years we went uh, quite above that, but if we can stick around that $50,000 um, total yearly, uh, I don't think there's any reason why um, this grant isn't going to last for a very long time. Paul? Again, I, I just have to echo this. I mean, I hope people understand what the WFCA has done and is doing for football in the state of Wisconsin. I, I just don't think we can sound out enough of what this organization is doing to promote, grow, help, and just keep programs going, keep it one of the better associations in the United States. Yeah, I, I totally agree, uh, Paul. We we just do so many um, things that, that uh, you know, promote football in the state of Wisconsin. Um, it's really what keeps me involved in the association. It's, it's our mission, and it's also the great people that I come into contact with. I mean, if it wasn't for, you know, my involvement in the WFCA, I never would have met Paul. I never would have met Tom. Um, I probably would have met Ben somewhere along the line at some bar on the south side in, in Milwaukee somewhere as he's beer hunting. But, um, you know, seriously, it's, it's just the things that um, – you know, that we do that keep me involved. And, and, you know, this podcast is an outgrowth of that, you know, I mean, part of it is propaganda on the WFCA. There's no question, but we certainly cover a lot of topics and we do so in a manner so that people really understand what's happening with the, the game of football in the state. Tom, you got anything you want to add? Uh, you know, the one thing that I was going to ask is if somebody wanted to help contribute to the grant fund is there a way for them to still add to that fund i would think so and that would be a, a dan brunner question i mean if somebody just wants to contribute you know dan is the the person that's in charge of our bank account and he would be the person that to send um you know that type of thing to um yeah so if there's any listeners out there that are interested in contributing to the wfca grant uh, please feel free to and and contact Dan Brunner, um, our executive director, and and he would be able to um, guide you on how to do that. Ben, you had something, I believe. Yeah, you know, I was I was listening to you talk about the impact of the WFCA, and and um, compared to to uh, Tom Swiddle and Paul, I'm I'm newer to the game, but I've been coaching in Wisconsin for 25 years and grew up and still remember the story of my father saying, if you're going to get into education and you're going to do this, you're going to get your butt down to the clinic then. And, uh, <laughs> you know, learned early on how important it was. But 
it wasn't until six or seven years ago when when uh, I think Tom, you and, and uh, Tony Biolo approached me about being a regional rep when I moved to New Berlin that I really understood um, what the WFCA was doing and got involved. And uh, over the last you know, six years or whatever it's been that I've been doing that, um, I've met an incredible number of coaches that I would have never met and felt more support than than I would have ever as a coach and uh, learned about all this stuff. You know, we all have friends that coach in other states and they don't have this at the state level, at least not the significant amount that Wisconsin does. It really is incredible um, to, to have that. And then to carry it over not only to uh, coaching resources, but financial resources for the programs in the state and the communities. Uh, I think a lot of people would appreciate know, would appreciate it if they knew a little bit more about it. And that's why I'm hoping we can continue to spread the word about this thing. Uh, very well said, Ben. Thank you. Paul? Yeah, and Tom, I personally want to thank you because I, I know this is a big thing for you and a lot of things you do. And, you know, it's just another great thing and appreciate your time and effort. Well, I, thank you very much. And and again, I, you know, I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do and, and to be a part of that and, and to work with great people like Matt Bensfield and um, Don Kenzior and Steve Liga on this, along with Dan Brunner. Again, it's just, it's the people as well. So, so gentlemen, I want to thank you for being a part of this, Ben. Thank you for spending uh, a Thursday night with us. And, and Paul and Tom, again, thank you for all the work you do for this podcast. Uh, we certainly couldn't do it without your support. And as always, you know, we, we tell our listeners every time that um, we're really interested in what you have to say. If there's anything that you would like to see covered on the podcast or or if you have any comments or, you know, any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to myself or to Paul or to Tom, and we would be happy to connect with you. So with that being said, thank you for joining us tonight, and good night, everyone.